Welcome to Spark, a podcast from the South Fulton Institute. I'm your host, Executive Director Jennifer Bauer Lyons. In this episode, we'll be talking to co founders Curtis Alexander King and Gary Yates of Reentry Arts Connection about their artistry, ongoing projects, and the work they do in the South Fulton community and beyond. Hello, my name is Curtis Alexander King. Very excited to be here. I'm originally from Mississippi. Uh, I've lived in and out of the Atlanta area since 1991. Uh, part of what brought me here was to be the community relations director for the Alliance Theater Company. Uh, eventually, I was also the community relations director for Kenny Leon's True Colors Theater Company. And during both tenures, Kenny Leon was the artistic director uh, at those two theaters. Um, I have a great deep love for the arts, which uh, got started in Los Angeles at a small called the Inner City Cultural Center. Uh, it was started by C. Bernard Jackson and others as a positive response to the Watts riots. Uh, I live in Atlanta once again. I recently returned from Texas where I started doing some work in re-entry. Um, I helped to get an organization started called the Big Country Re-entry Coalition out in Abilene, Texas to cover Taylor County and other surrounding counties that make up the Big Country. Uh, we recently started the Reentry Arts Connection here in Atlanta. We, being myself and Nate, whom I'm uh, happy to, to work alongside. And I'll pause right there. That's that's me, kind of the broad stroke, Curtis Alexander King. Hello, Jennifer. This is Gary Yates. How are you? Thank you very much for uh, considering us for the uh, podcast with the South Fulton Institute. Um, Again, my name is Gary Yates, and I've been a part of the uh, arts community in Atlanta for uh, quite some time now, close to 30 years, and I met Curtis King, and um, we hit it off, and we started working in the industry back in the 90s. Um, I am the co-founder of the Reentry Arts Connection, and I am the creative director. I come from Memphis, Tennessee, and um, Curtis and I are both Southern guys. And we uh, have found our way and love for the arts and the, our love for helping people and understanding how the arts can be extremely impactful. I come from the entertainment side of it and the academia side of it as well. I've been teaching on the university level for close to 30 years in acting and um, working also as a counselor and doing what you would call drama therapy. I'm trained in that particular area as well. And I've been able to combine those two things together in terms of serving people that um, I teach as well as um, integrating it into the work that we do through reentry as we meet people who have been impacted by the justice system and as we um, gather and create our classes to serve that particular population. So I'm excited to be here and um, I can't wait to talk more about Reentry Arts Connection. So that's a really good place for us to start. So tell us about the Reentry Arts Connection and why you all started this organization and why um, in the Atlanta area, what, what brought you to this particular area to, to found and start your organization? All right, excellent. Um, I'll go ahead and get started. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I've been running around telling people they ought to go see theater for years, at least a couple of decades. Uh, and so I've seen firsthand how enriching the arts can be to one's life. Um, one of my, actually two of my kind of pocket honors among others is there's a gentleman who was already either in his 50s or his 60s, and he came to see a play because of 
be running around telling people you ought to see plays. And he was so excited. He shared with me that that was the first time that he'd gone to see theater. And, and, he, was, and he was obviously happy about the experience he had. And then the other is there's an organization uh, called Trinity House, and they service individuals who are recovering uh, from, from uh, drug addiction or substance abuse. And the guy would tell me anytime I would invite and allow the men to come to see one of our productions uh, complimentary, that their success rate would go up. Now, of course, that wasn't necessarily measured empirically, but he that would watch the changes that would happen in the in the lives of the, the people that they serve. And um, as I mentioned, while in Texas, and that's got a backstory, but I'll spare you unless that happens to come up. But while in Texas <laughs> uh, doing, doing some graduate work, one of my projects was to do local mission without going overseas. And by that time, I'd had some friends who'd returned from incarceration, and I'd had a chance to walk alongside them and see I mean, literally not necessarily experience them, but see the hurdles that they would have to overcome. And so my paper ended up being about gathering information about reentry resources. And eventually it demanded that it become an actual organization. In other words, you do something, you get the grades, you think you're moving on with life, but it has this way of saying, no, nah, don't leave me on the shelf. So I ended up working with a lot of people uh, in the Abilene area and beyond. And we started the organization of Big Country Reentry Coalition. So now anyone who knew me in Texas, who knew me well, knew that my heart was still in Atlanta. I was trying to get back to Atlanta. So eventually it was time to come back. So I'll be leaving that organization in terms of, of being there physically, directly working with them. Uh, and I started to ponder, you know, what was next. And again, my love for the arts and sharing the arts. And now this new insight into the experiences of people with, who are returning citizens. Uh, propelled me to look at a way to come to so that the power of the arts can be used as a transformative tool within the context of reentry. Um, I was talking to Gary about a gig, like, you know, help me find some gigs in Atlanta so I can eat while I'm building this. But the more we talked, the more obvious it became that he was a major ingredient and a part of making this a reality, the reentry arts connection that is. And so we, we got together and we formed the organization and its goal is to connect uh, individual justice impacted with the transformative power of the arts. And so that's where we are and that's how it ended up in Atlanta. And, and that's, that's my side of the story. Gary? Yeah, and you know, and, and, and Curtis connected with me and we started talking about more and more. Yeah, he was looking for a gig. And, and as he began to talk more and more about what he was trying to do, it became very familiar with me because our stories are sort of similar in that I was um, I, have, I was teaching on the university level, uh, acting and directing and things like that. And then I decided to go in and get a degree in a master's degree in uh, counseling. And so part of my internship was attending or my internship was that at the Atlanta Mission, the Shepherd's House. And I was there and it so happened, I happened to be working with the play as well as attending the Alliance Theater. And I asked the persons who were supervising the, uh, the Atlanta mission at that time. And I asked them, I said, can I take a group of men to uh, the theater? And we had, we arranged where they could get tickets and they could bring their spouses uh, for those who were married. And we took them. And then we 
uh, a few days later, I met up with them again as an intern there, and um, they couldn't stop talking. They couldn't stop talking. And what happened was they gave, the, for the interns, they would give us a small group. Our group grew and we talked more and more and we talked more about the play. And it has and it inspired me in a lot of ways, which I'll get into one day. But the, um, the power of it, and, and after experiencing that, that's when I decided to go and um, get more information on drama therapy. Uh, learning more information about drama therapy. I, uh, I joined the North Association of Drama Therapy uh, Association, which I'm still a member of. Um, I try to make the conferences, but something is good is always happening that, but I uh, do the online stuff every once in a while. But that's where I intersect with, with Curtis on this and, and we're still working and we still understand how powerful this tool can be. And the interesting thing also, then I realized that there's so much going on in the entertainment industry here in Atlanta in terms of the filming and all this good stuff. And so Curtis and I got together and talked about, wow, we can create a pipeline for those who've been, who've been impacted to give them training so they can be a part of this economic development and growing economic area within our uh, city. And so here we are. And I'm, I'm excited. It's been a wonderful journey so far, although we, we, it's been a short period. It's been wonderful. That's great. So tell me a little bit about some of the programs that you're working on with some of the some of the men that you um, are connecting with and helping serve with the Reentry Arts Connection. Mr. Program Director, Creative Director. <laughs> the Program Creative Director. Well, you know, I love writing curriculum. I love writing class, uh, uh, workshops and things like that. And that's what we've been doing. We've been creating these workshops where we get professional um, uh, uh, people who are in the profession to teach courses in film, storytelling, digital storytelling. And what we've done, we've gotten funding from different resources uh, and we've created classes and we've gone into places like the Coventry uh, community. Um, um, we've gotten, and we've gone to, what is some, what is the other places that we've gone, Curtis? So we, we held workshops uh, at the, at the Fulton County Jail. Yeah. And we, yeah. we also uh, held one at, uh, at, it, actually, in our office space, that's the annex building to First Congregational, uh, and we're we're in conversation with with other organizations. Um, so I'm gonna leave them nameless in case it doesn't come together, and people near like you called our name, and we're not working with you. So I don't know, but it's some it's some very exciting organizations that, for instance, one services women who are formerly incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we're really excited uh, to to be able to partner with them. It's just a matter of us getting that that meeting together and then other organizations. Uh, it, 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 it's endless, really. We just have to keep the conversations going and, and get those dates on the calendar. We're supposed to return to the covenant community. Uh, we're excited. Uh, I, I don't think I heard you say, Gary, that we, we, we are now going to we have been doing the imagine this the digital storytelling. We're about to launch, uh, imagine this, the art of animation. And mm -hmm. so we'll, we'll be returning to, uh, to our partners there and, and getting, getting, that, getting those dates on the calendar as well. So, so our programs are really under the, the title, Imagine This. Mm -hmm. so we call it the Imagine This Programming. And I, I love it. I love it. Um, so that, that's what we've been doing. Uh, and people have come. Students have come and, you know, they learn the whole idea of collaborating and they're asking questions. And one of the wonderful part about 
uh, working with any student is that they help you develop more content in terms of the questions that they ask. Mm -hmm. And this has really, really been an educational journey for us as well. And I'm, yeah, and I'm excited about what it's getting ready to develop into as we begin to connect more and more with people who might need our services. And I like the fact that it's free. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. that, that's a great attraction. And then establishing relationship, ongoing relationships. So what are some of the, the challenges that that citizens who are trying to re-enter re into the community are facing? So for, for our listeners who, who may not know a lot about this topic, what are some of the other challenges that you are seeing with the people that you're working with and that you're serving? So it's probably well publicized that, that depending on their status, they have trouble voting. That I think a lot of people will know that. Um, what they may not be aware of is that some, if not many, uh, educational institutions have a box. Uh, do you have a felony or do you have a record, et cetera? And once they check that, they're treated differently. So I'm not going to speak for all the schools and say they don't let them in, but but there's a good chance that that they're not mm -hmm. letting in. Employers, um, you may hear the uh, the term second chance employers. That's a distinctive title for organizations to make it clear that they welcome individuals regardless of, of in, in justice impact, et cetera. Um, and so oftentimes they face hurdles with employment, then housing. So it could be a privately held apartment or it could be public. A lot of times, once you check that, it's the end of the conversation. Uh, and then one of the things that's kind of a hidden one, and I had to discover this uh, almost by accident, is that a lot of licenses are off limits to individuals depending on their record. So you may not even be able, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial um, violation, but you may not be, be able to sell insurance or to get a you know, professional license in a particular oh. area because of that. So, so there are a number of things that are just kind of, uh, some are more visible than others, but Typically, once you once you've experienced the, the justice system, depending on the level, you're going to come out and you're still going to be bound in some ways because of the limited opportunities that face you. So what can an average citizen do to help change the system? Because it doesn't really seem like it's working um, very well in terms of people trying to reenter into society if they have all these obstacles. What's what can the average person do to try to help advocate for change? One of the things, and, and and it might go to another question that you might ask. It's 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 something that we we're, we're learning, and I've learned, and I'm still learning. And um, the um, is begin to look at the people as human people first. That's so important. And because going back to the last question you were asking, uh, Curtis was talking about. What are the, some of the challenges? I think one of the emo challenges are the emotional challenge and the, and the trauma of being how they, uh, as it relates to self-forgiveness and a lot of other things that keeps them uh, impacting them or reliving situations and not being, uh, um, not being welcomed back into the community. So uh, people in prison, persons with felonies or currently incarcerated persons, these are phrases that we can use to begin to humanize them. Okay, and that's a part, and it even connects with 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 why you can't vote because you have been dehumanized. You don't exist anymore. So that's the first thing that we can really, really do 
is uh, as the community is embraced and understand that these are these are people. And then, then we can move on to getting them housing. But you, in order for them to you really to deal with them in terms of the housing, you got to recognize they're human. Okay. And so that's the first place. And I would, in addition to that, again, uh, ditto to what to what Gary said. In addition to that, is being intentional about listening to people who have lived experiences. Uh, so one of the one of the places that our organization sits is in a place of of humility, uh, mm -hmm. because it we're we're speaking into experiences that others have had, and we're we're attempting to walk alongside. I think that that's the thing that we can do is to walk alongside, and pay attention and allow them to share what it is like uh, to to have these experiences. And so that's that's where a lot of my information has come from is is walking with people that the society is doing things to that I may have overlooked. So an average citizen, and I'm not saying go out and look for someone, but when you do encounter someone, make space for them to be able to share what they're what they're experiencing. And in that you may discover what it is that you can do. I think that legislature matters. It matters a lot. So mm -hmm. you hear things like ban the box um, and other things where they're encouraging legislation that takes some of this stuff uh, off of people. And so, so I would say those are those are two of the places is to is to make space for people with lived experience to have space to share their experiences, and then you're able to respond accordingly. And then the other is to pay attention to the legislature. Um, mm -hmm. I, I will say this, and I will leave the state nameless, but there's at least one state that has no air control in their facility. In other words, if it's hot outside, it's hot inside. If it's cold outside, it's cold inside. And so back to the dehumanization, it's like watching for places where we as a society are allowing those who represent and work on our behalf as citizens to dehumanize mm -hmm. other citizens. So pay, right. I guess one thing is to pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. Pay attention. Just listen. Yeah. So you can learn how, because you it, it, each individual, they're different. And you yep. need to listen. And then, and when you listen, the more you listen, the, and that's one of the things they taught us in counseling, stop talking so much, listen. Uh, and you might really discover what that person is really asking you for and yep. what they need. And it's an individual thing. Yeah. So why the arts? Why why use art as a as a way to connect um, with these individuals when it 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 may seem to some people that there are so many other other needs uh, that these individuals may have in terms of housing or just you know food scarcity or things of that nature? Like why why the arts? Why is the art an important piece of this equation? So it's it to me it's like it's like the hidden tool it's like this little thing that's laying to the side that for all the reasons that you mentioned could get totally overlooked and so one of the things in talking uh organizations and others i make it very clear that this is no attempt to replace all those needs those needs are very right. real and sometimes it's difficult to access what we have if those things are out of place so we right. want to support everyone who is making sure that someone has a job, that someone has housing, that someone has transportation, that someone has access to uh, mental assistance, behavioral, uh, behavioral medicine or whatever it is, we support all of that. 
this is that piece that we're hoping to layer on. Like is is sort of a, so when you go through school, there's some concepts that you hang on to, even if you don't know how to fully explain them. But Maslow's hierarchy of needs, once I heard about that, it just stayed in my head. And mm -hmm. so all of those things, everything is needed. But what about that little layer that allows a person to imagine way beyond their, their needs at the moment? It, it has a part of themselves that's creative. And so it becomes, for instance, one of the ways that a lot of people who are justice impacted kind of address these barriers is they create their own business. Mm -hmm. So in its own way, it's not saying that this they're going to create a business through this, but they can create the spaces and the experiences and the things they want they want to bring into their lives by using the transformative power of the arts. We're witnesses to how it opens people up beyond, beyond and, and this is going to sound uh, maybe counterproductive, but beyond their reality. So mm -hmm. it, it pushes past what seems so real and gives space for what can be brought into existence. The imagination is given space. So that's that's why. Yeah, and I know I know we use the word the phrase uh, the power of the arts, and and we I know I have, and Kurtz and I have talked about this a lot. We have had personal experiences with it, and how it's changed the way we think and we approach life. We look at life, mm -hmm. and not just the 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 the, the financial reward of it, or getting a job. It's 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 more than that, and 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 that's one from a counseling perspective. There's that's one way you can really connect with people from a creative way, yeah. and yeah. you can connect. It's a, it's so interesting how how a lot of judgments leave us when we all in that concert together, and we're just enjoying that art. Mm -hmm. We're not thinking all those things, but once you um, you know certain groups of people that you uh, community of people that you're working with from a counselor's perspective. They have challenges with the uh, talk therapy, and sometimes the create create way approaching that is very important. And as they begin to learn that, they begin to understand how it's powerful and how it can be used to create uh, sustainability in some way. I love I love that, and you know, Curtis, I've always had that same hierarchy of needs has always stuck with me too, and. Um, I always view that arts feeds our souls and we need yeah. that just yeah. as much as we need yeah. all the other pieces, yeah. right? right? They all work together yeah. and yeah. and um, in concert with one another. And exactly. so that we we need all of the things. Yep. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I really do believe that the arts feeds yes. our soul and that's how we're yes. able to do what you're talking about, which is reimagine a different um, existence that's right. That's right. Um, you know, and for that, yourself and that, or your community. And that taps into our, I, I say, the subtitle of our, the Reintro Arts Connection, uh, writing a new narrative. And that's basically what we're trying to get people to do and understand that it's possible to do that, to imagine something different, write a new narrative. Mm -hmm. So if people want to support the work that you're doing, where can they go to help support what it is that Reentry Arts Connection is doing? How, how can they get in touch with you? I know Curtis is ready for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we... Uh... Uh, they can go to our website. It has contact information as well as a place to donate or join our mailing list, et cetera. But it's reentryartsconnection.org. And then we also have some social platforms. We're on Instagram and it's Reentry Arts Connection. We're on Facebook and it's Reentry Arts Connection. Mm -hmm. And we're on Twitter and it's Reentry Arts. And, and we, are, we are still on the learning curve with Twitter. So come tweet us and we'll tweet you back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Oh, yes. um, so 
So before we go, I always like to ask our, our guests, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? So I want to hear from both of you. What are, what are your words of wisdom? My words of wisdom is, I would say, listen with your heart. Wow. That's beautiful, Gary. Maybe I should have gone first. <laughs> but no, mine is um mine is 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 use your discernment and, and have these two things in mind. Don't just sit there, do something. So if in your discernment it is time to do something and you are able to do it, do it. And even if you don't know how to do it, start seeking how to get it done. So don't just sit there, do something. And the other though is using that same discernment to know when the phrase would be, don't just do something there. Because sometimes we need to sit and let the information accumulate and our experiences accumulate and our understanding accumulate. And then it's time to move to the other side and don't just sit there, do something. Mm -hmm. All right, Curtis. Yeah, Curtis, that's great advice. I, I know that in a, in a previous conversation that we had many, many years ago, you gave me that advice and that has always stuck with me. And there are times where situations going on, I hear you in the back of my head saying, just sit, just sit on it. So um, that has stayed with me for gosh, over a decade. So, well, I've enjoyed talking to both of you about Reentry Arts Connection. And uh, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Honored. Thank you we very much. Honored. I enjoyed. Yes. Good to see you. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on Instagram at South Fulton Institute or visit our website at www.southfultoninstitute.org. We would like to thank our sponsors, the Community Foundation of Greater Atlanta Metropolitan Atlanta Arts Fund, the City of Atlanta Office of Cultural Affairs, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Fulton County Arts and Culture, and Georgia Council for the Arts.